Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from DadStartingOver.com, and uh, we're going to keep this React video podcast train rolling here. For those that don't know what the hell I'm talking about, it's the first time you've heard the podcast. I've done a couple of uh, podcast episodes where I watch a YouTube video or listen to a podcast and basically give my rolling commentary on it. And all of these podcasts have something to do with um, this dad starting over world of ours, which is the world of men and relationships becoming a better man, et cetera, et cetera. Um, last couple, I did a uh, reaction on um, Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson talking about uh, the concept of enforced monogamy and incels, which uh, got some pretty good response. And then the uh, last one I did was in response to a podcast episode that Esther Perel did where she talks to a couple about uh, – open marriage. And that one got even more response. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I appreciate all the great feedback. Um, a lot of anger in that one. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> this is uh, this is a two-parter here. We're going to do it within the same podcast episode, but bear with me as I switch between videos um, because this is a two different videos from the same show. And this is a show which is uh, from the UK, as you'll be able to tell by the accents. And it's a show called Loose Women. I don't know what the connotation is in the UK for the term loose women. <laughs> but here in the States, it basically means promiscuous women, women who are easy sexually. So when I saw that there is a uh, show called that in the UK, I'm like, huh, it's got to mean something else entirely. Or maybe they're just, uh, um, you know, uh, proud of the fact that they're um, promiscuous, openly sexual women. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, a listener sent me this and said this was right up my alley. So thank you to the listener for sending me that. Um, I watched a uh, couple minutes of the first one and I said, all right, I got to stop because I think these are better if I go in cold, so to speak, watching these and can genuinely react for the first time and give my thoughts right off the bat. So here we go. This is, uh, well, before we get started, let me give a little plug. 
please check out the website, dadstartingover.com, and check out the DSO fraternity. That's the members-only group that I'm extremely proud of. It keeps growing. Thank you to all you guys. We're, we're closing in on 1,000 members from all over the world. And uh, well, what do these members get for their money? They, they pay $14.99 a month or $149 a year, or they can pay for the lifetime membership for $349. And what do they get? They get a members-only podcast. They get uh, members-only articles. They get live member meetings. We get together several times a week via Zoom and talk about a variety of different topics. All those meetings are recorded. We have hundreds, literally hundreds of meetings, an hour each at least. So there's hundreds of hours that you can listen to of that. Hundreds more hours of the DSO Fraternity podcast that you can listen to. That's, again, for members only. Members articles that you can read online. And we also have private discussion groups online on a variety of different topics. Um, so uh, it's very active. I'm very proud of it. Oh, in addition to that, we also have, I forgot to mention this, uh, um, the books that I write, you can get access to them at no charge through your membership. You can listen to audiobooks. We've made it so uh, the technology allows us to push um, the audiobook feed out to your to the members' um, podcast apps on their phone. So you can listen to it on your phone like any other podcast, but it's just for members only. Pretty cool. And uh, coaching is heavily discounted for members. So if you want to do one-on-one coaching with myself or any of the six other members of the DSO team, um, you can do so much cheaper than the general public. So give it a shot. The DSO fraternity, dadstartingover.com slash join. All right. Now that the sales pitch is out of the way, let's get started with loose women, shall we? All right. As soon as I can figure out how to start this thing. All right, here we go. But, you know, lately, um, I feel a bit embarrassed and, and a bit strange talking about this, but... Let me just stop there. Notice the bottom. This is not what this video is about, but they must have been talking about something. This is a, obviously a segment of a show. It's not the entire show. Um, they must have been talking about something else. For those listening to this on the podcast, you may want to jump over to the uh, YouTube channel, Dad Starting Over YouTube, YouTube channel, excuse me. And watch this. Um, I think getting the visuals will really help um, fully digest what we're about to see, listen to here. But anyway, at the bottom of the screen, there's text in the bottom of the screen that says, is sex a must on your wedding night? <laughs> I kinda, oh, boy, that kind of sets the tone about what we're in for here. Um, and for guys in the States that don't know about this Loose Women show, which I didn't up until about five minutes ago, um, it's very much like the show we have in here in the States called The View, which is a panel of women, mostly middle-aged, just talking about whatever middle-aged women want to talk about. In this case, apparently before this little segment, they were talking about, is sex a must on your wedding night? Jesus. And now we're going into the subject of um, this woman here, who is Syra, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I apologize. Syra Khan, um, who is a... Um, I don't know if she's Middle Eastern or Indian descent, uh, living in the UK, and uh, talking about the fact that she just doesn't want to have sex with her husband anymore. So let's listen to what she has to say. I'm 46. I've got a busy life. I've got two kids. Um, and I'm very lucky to have all of that in my life. And I've had, you know, in the, my younger days, a fantastic sexual life. But recently, I feel like I, I just, it's, it, I love my husband, I, I'm the most amazing man in the world, I've 11 years, been married to him, but lately I just find I just, I'm not, I'm not interested, just I to. just don't want to do it, I so don't. So you haven't gone off him really, it's not just at you, all. your sexual desire is gone. Okay, 
um, right away, her little partner in crime there is quick to jump on and say, it, it sounds a lot like what you're saying here, sweetheart, is I don't want my husband sexual anymore. We're, we're, that's not the case, is it? Is it? No, 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 no. It's You just don't want sex in general, right? Right? And of course, she jumps in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the case. Um, if you've heard some of my stuff, you know, I try to... I try to do my best to empathize with everyone in these kind of situations. But uh, I can only go by my own personal experience and the experience of talking to literally one-on-one um, -on -one coaching over a thousand men and uh, probably tens of thousands of more online. Um, there's some bullshit here. Um, it's, I just wish that women would in these situations would be a little bit more honest about feelings and then we could actually get to the bottom of a solution here. The feeling, the honest feeling, I I believe, is a little presumptuous on my part, but here goes. She just doesn't have sexual interest in her husband anymore. Take this woman in this scenario, pull her out of this relationship, throw her back into the dating pool, and let her connect with a man that pushes her buttons at a very visceral sexual level. Somebody she you know finds physically attractive, you know. The kind of guy she looks across the bar at and says he's cute. And she goes over and talks to him and says, ooh, I like him. All of a sudden, oh boy, she's interested in sex. A lot. And this continues on for, if they form a relationship, a little while. Up until, well, it could be a lot of different factors that uh, cause a dead bedroom. Which is what she's talking about here. Um, and by the way, check out my book, The Dead Bedroom Fix. I talk all about this. Um, one thing... One factor in this is that uh, what we have found, and I'm not alone in thinking this, you can pick up a variety of different books, many of which are w written by women, by the way, that come to the conclusion that when women enter into a comfortable, domestic, for sure relationship where everything is taken care of, so to speak, and that little bit of new relationship anxiety is gone, that little bit of, am I going to lose him to that girl, am I going to lose him to that girl is... That's gone because he's professed his love and marriage and so forth. Many women will report, not all I'm sure, but many women will report that lustful, hypersexual, whatever knob gets turned slowly but surely down. And when kids come into the picture, oh boy, does it really get turned down because of the stress and everything else. Combined with a man who very much... Uh, turns his knob down as well as far as the attractive manly stuff that she was attracted to in the first place the stuff that turned her down turned her on excuse me um men just for whatever reason very quote naturally start turning that knob down in an effort to show the woman i'm yours and only yours and you can depend on me uh, kind of going down a rabbit hole of talking about the world of dead bedrooms but i just want to kind of set the tone for what we're seeing here is a very normal um 40-something-year-old woman, I assume. I don't know if she gave her age. Um, that's what I'm guessing. Uh, saying, we've been married for 11 years. Kids, everything's great. Everything's taken care of. But my body is saying, I don't want him anymore. Now, is it her body? Is it him? Is it just the stress? I'd say probably all of the above. And he's probably, if he's like most men, not reacting in the right way to this. So let's continue on.
That's right. I, my, I, I, I absolutely haven't gone, gone off him because we cuddle up and watch TV and I love all of the cuddling and stuff. But when it comes to sex, I'm finding that I'm making excuses. Like, oh, I'm really tired. And it starts at 6 o'clock well, in the afternoon. Well, you are tired. Yeah. <laughs> but it starts at yeah. 6 o'clock in the afternoon. And recently, I've noticed that I'm at 6 o'clock, as soon as he walks through the door, I'm like... like a panic? Like... It's a panic. And it's kind of like... All of us, I'll be fine. Then all of a sudden, I'll say, "Oh, I'm so tired. I've done this today. I've had to run off and do this today." And, be, and by the time I've gone so to bed, you're doing like an almost an early warning. Like, don't think when we get to bed that's going to happen because that's I'm right. Tired. Yeah. And this has happened sort of quite regularly. And also, the it's interesting. The tone here is one of um, she's almost disgusted with herself and her own body's reaction. And a lot of us men cannot relate to this. We look at this as like a nefarious, uh, oh, what do you call it? This is kind of a an act that she's putting on, if you will, where she's almost like, guys, I don't know what's going on with me. When in our minds, we're like, she fully knows what's going on with her. She just doesn't want to have sex with her husband. Well, um, welcome to the world of the female mind when it comes to this kind of stuff. A lot of them report almost being held hostage by a body and a brain that they can't quite understand. She talks about she loves snuggling her man, holding him and everything else. That's, that's a pretty big deal. A lot of women are like, I can't even stand doing that. Well, she at least does that part of it. But when it comes to the erotic, the sexual, carnal, that's a whole different world. That's a whole different mindset. And she cannot reach that with him. And that's concerning. That's not a very good thing. And that's what she's saying here. This ain't a good thing. I can't reach it with him anymore. And it's no good. And she finds herself, she's basically, sorry to say, kind of repulsed by the guy. It's basically what she's saying on a sexual level. It's different doing the hold hands. And I mean, let's not be gross about this, but you snuggle with your kids, right? Watch TV on the couch and you'll snuggle up with your dog. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it's just a different kind of love and a different kind of comfort versus the, um, you know, with your lover, taking your clothes off and rubbing your dirty bits together. That's a whole different other mindset. And, um, trying to equate the two is not necessarily realistic and not necessarily fair. Um, she just can't get there with him. And I'm curious if she will here, try and get to the bottom of exactly what's going on, explain it away. Most of the time in these things, um, the more the woman approaches the, the ultimate epiphany of, I just don't have those feelings for him anymore. And I may very well have for some other guy. Um, they get a little scared of that and they will frame it as it's me, you know, the old, it's not you, it's me. Um, it's, it's, I have a problem. Um, but again, it's funny how those problems kind of dissipate and go right out the window when they find their new lover. But, uh, I digress and let's continue on with her little speech here. I came down, I'd, I'd looked really nice, I was going to a business meeting and he came down, he paid me a compliment, he said, oh, you look really nice, you look dry. I went, yes, okay then, bye, see you later. I'm doing all of this stuff. And, I, and, and my, if it won't, but it's worrying. Body, but my body as well is just not in that place. No, is this there is a, um, a little analogy that I give, a little uh, illustration in the book, The Dead Bedroom Fix. You can find it at all major retailers. Um, where I say to a man, uh, or to the readers, rather, let's say that there is a 900-pound um, woman with a beard. 
that you really get along with. I, I, I use that example because that's the most subjectively unattractive as far as my mind's concerned. I'm sure there's some guy out there going, well, that sounds pretty good. Well, you're not in the majority, dude. <laughs> most of us think 900 pound one with a beard and laugh and say, ooh, yuck. Well, let's say that that woman, uh, we really connect at, uh, at a friendship level, right? She's a cool chick. We like the same kind of things. And then that 900 pound woman with a beard says, you know, you and I should go out on a date sometime. That's where you'd go, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, got to go. Sorry, because that is just not on the table. Um, and, it's, and sure as hell, if that same woman, 900-pound woman with the beard said, uh, hey, let's go to the bedroom and get it on, you'd run for your life. Uh, that's the reaction that this woman is having. It's utter revulsion uh, on a sexual level. 900-pound woman with a beard, she's really cool. She likes the same kind of music I like. Same kind of sports I like. I'll hang out and have a beer with her. Um, I'll sit at the same table with her. But to cross that threshold into the world of the erotic and sexual is completely off the table. And that's what she's saying. She even got a compliment from her man. You look really nice today. Ooh, yuck, mister. You're tiptoeing close to that uh, sexual space. You're paying me a compliment on my physicality. Ooh, yuck, go away. That's got to be hurtful. Yeah. Is this that you're busy yeah. and therefore you're tired? And, you know, any sort of sex expert, for want of a better phrase, will tell you that tiredness is, is one of the great sort of robbers of sexual drive, oh, yeah. you know. Um, uh, not to get too personal or too graphic here, but uh, when my now wife and I met, she was in, uh, she's a medical doctor, she was in what's called her fellowship. And for those that don't know, um, after you do your residency as a physician in training, you go out in the real world and you go in like a hospital setting somewhere and do what they call a fellowship, which is uh, you're a full-blown MD, you're working, but you're kind of under the tutelage of other doctors and you're learning as you go. And um, you're not the full-fledged attending physician. You're in this little practice fellowship thing and you can do it in a variety of different um, uh, disciplines. And my wife or my girlfriend at that time did a couple of different fellowships. And uh, sometimes those fellowships required that she worked 80, sometimes 90 hours in a week. She was exhausted. She was completely spent. Every waking hour was basically work, 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 going home and on call with a pager on her side, waiting to get called back into work or with me. And when I say not to get too graphic or anything, uh, we had a very physical relationship during that time. Very, very hypersexual. We were new to each other and we clicked on a variety of different levels. And we had a lot of sex. Ridiculous amounts. Sorry, and I'm not bragging here, but I'm just painting a picture for, and, and I'm not unique in this. A lot of men will report the same. I met this chick, we really clicked. Um, we had a lot of obstacles between us, distance, uh, time, kids, job, whatever it may be. And um, you know, I often say to men, if a woman, you're dating a woman and she's really into you, that woman will crawl through broken glass to be with you. Um, so when this, uh, her co-host here says, hey, any sex researcher will tell you uh, sleepiness, being tired really gets in the way of, of sexual desire. Yes, uh, when you have this giant wall in front of you of all the domesticity and everything else related to marriage and relationship and family, 
combined with a man that you've lost that visceral connection to, then yeah, something like sleep can absolutely get in the way. So can something like stress. So can something like fill in the blank. A lot of anything can get in the way when that connection is gone. And that's what she's seeing here. It's just like, oh my God, it's another thing I've got to fit in to the day. So, Jane, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny, Jane, it's true. I, you know, you've, really... got to, you've got to make, you've got to do maybe what Nadia did. Nadia was talking about it on Friday because she was saying she'd had the same situation. And in the end, she just said, we've got to just make time. And, and it's almost like the anticipation is greater than the, yeah. than when you actually She went off to a hotel, there. Yeah. They yeah. did it like a Cheeky. hotel. Yeah. Well, no, just but it's, for the afternoon. Just, you know, there's no distractions, no kids. You've, you've kind of planned it. You know it's there. You're not, there's not that pressure. But, do you know, what? Okay, Sorry, Colleen, I, I was going to say to you, though, before that, I feel like I'm the only one. Was, that's about... Okay. Um, she got some very real advice there, which is you're going to have to put some work into this, sweetheart. We recognize what you're saying, which is that visceral connection click is gone. Hey, that happens in a lot of marriages to the majority of men out there. The majority of men don't have the skills and know-how to keep that little spark going. It's understandable. Well, you're married to the guy and you love him. You have to put some work in. You're going to have to get away. You're going to have to, you know, do all those boilerplate, keep the spark alive stuff. And she just brushed that aside and said, yeah, but... I feel like I'm the only one who has the... Oh, God. Stop with the, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, and just listen to these very pragmatic um, solutions on how to fix this thing. But she's not interested. This is a vent and how I'm special and... Oh, these women shows just get on my last nerve. That I feel like I'm the only one this is You're happening not. to and that actually everybody else has got the best no. sex life in the world. They're well, all doing it and it's just me that's up next. Yet... The segment right before their show was, do you absolutely have to have sex on your wedding night? She, this is bullshit. And she knows it's bullshit. All the women talk about this kind of stuff. Of course it's common. Everybody Honestly, lies. You're, you're, you're really not <laughs> the only one. I get so many letters from, from men and women, actually. Women who have reached a certain age, have kids, really. Mm. And, and then what happens is, because it becomes um, such a subject that they don't, you know, they're both aware of, then the whole thing becomes just mm. a, a mess where they don't it. talk about it or they're frightened. The and the then room, the men yeah. write in saying, you know, I've tried everything, I just don't feel she fancies me anymore. They take it as a real kick to their pride. And, and I've, I've got to that I got to that stage where I actually said to my husband, you're going to be really shocked that I said, I said, look, I'm just not in that place. Just, if you really want to go and go with somebody else, oh. just go and... Did I you? know. Did you? Oh. And you, <laughs> and you hear the crowd... <gasps> Why is this such a giant, oh, holy shit moment here? Um, she let the cat out of the bag. This, guys, is relatively common, and it's never good. It's a bad thing. And I'll explain what's going on here. Um, to women, safety and security is the ultimate. It's paramount within a relationship. Without that, just the whole thing starts to fall apart. That's why she's in a relationship in the first place, safety and security. She can run off and have titillating sexual adventures with a variety of men, but not all of them check the boxes that say, this is a guy I can depend on. That's ultimately what she wants in a long-term mate. Now, with that in mind, what she just said to her husband was, look, I recognize you got needs. I recognize you love me and want me and everything else, but it ain't happening. So why don't you just go ahead and get it from somebody else? Now, there's a twofold or two-pronged reason why this is a bad thing. Either she is saying, and we both know you ain't going to get anything, so I can freely say this as many times as I want, 
and there's no danger of losing my safety net, my security. Or part two is, yeah, you can probably go get something somewhere else. And that will may and will probably mean that you will leave me, but I don't care. So, oh, well, I've detached from you a while back. So one of those two things, and both of them aren't good. Both of them basically signal that your um, woman has either lost respect for you or just completely detached from you and couldn't care less if you leave or not. Not a good thing. And we all just kind of innately know that when your woman says, fine, go get something somewhere else. That's pretty hurtful to a, a dude who is committed and has sacrificed so much to be with a woman. To be flippantly cast aside like that, like uh, either A, hey, we both know you're not going to go find one. <laughs> Good luck, mister. Um, or B, um, go right ahead. And if it means losing you, it means losing you. So what? Because I want to make him happy. And oh God, he's going to kill me for talking about this on national TV. But I, but I just want to, I just want somebody, if they're feeling like not this, that, are they not? Oh God. Yeah, she's dragging her husband through the mud here on, on uh, national television, or actually international, because this is on the internet, and some doofus here in the United States is watching this and playing it for his podcast audience. This has gotten everywhere. She's basically saying to the entire universe, I do not have attraction to my husband. Not in that way. And uh, so much so, I told him, why don't you go get something somewhere else? And she just keeps bringing it back to, I just, I'm just raising awareness of this situation so that other women don't feel alone. We all know that a lot of women feel this. We all know how common this is. Just, we're not getting to the bottom of this, which is, uh, how do we regain that visceral attraction? Or is it even, in this case, um, warranted? trying to regain is that uh, something he wants to work towards um or does she want to work towards it uh, i'm trying to put myself you know the only ultimate perspective i have in all this is my own and i'm trying to think if my this would i was going to say this would never happen <laughs> never say never but uh i'm trying to think if my woman said that to me like if one day i'm making a move on my woman and she says you know that's never happening so why don't you just go get it from someplace else? I'd probably laugh because I think she's joking. And then if I saw that she was serious, I'd probably say, you do realize what you're saying here, right? You just, uh, I mean, you really want me to pick up that phone and start making some arrangements now? I have a feeling, though, that if this husband is like most, um, it's probably not what he did. Um, it's probably, probably what he did was, oh, no, 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 I want you and only you. And probably, you know, the slump shoulders hurt puppy dog thing, which, um, natural, understandable thing, but not the most attractive response in the world to that. But I think Colleen's right is that it, it's obviously become this sort of, you know, and, and you know, whenever you read anything about articles in newspapers or whatever about sex therapy or whatever they call it, they always, half the time they say, they ban you. They say, right, you yeah. are not to have sex for six weeks or whatever. So they remove that kind of... The pressure, isn't pressure, it? Pressure, yeah. We, um, we have a term for that in the uh, DSO fraternity world. We've talked about this exact subject in our discussion groups. Again, go to dadstartingover.com slash join if you want to learn more about the DSO fraternity. Um, and they've the guys in the group have, have uh, coined it as a sex moratorium. And um, basically, it's when you have a healthy version of the talk with your wife, which is we need to reconnect. We've lost our way. And before you even ask, 
Um, this isn't necessarily just about sex. In fact, we can remove sex from the equation for a period of time. If you just laid down there and said, okay, go ahead, I wouldn't do it because we're not connected. Something's off here. It's, we're, it's broken. So let's just remove that from the equation. Let's just let's go out. Let's have fun. Let's reconnect again. Now, that's a legitimate way of looking at this. Like, let's just, let's take the pressure off, which is a nice roundabout way of saying, I recognize you, wife, are very uh, not attracted to me right now in that way. You are very not turned on right now, and that's understandable. I get it. It's hurtful. I, I, I need to decide whether or not I want to continue on in a relationship like this. But for now, let's try and reconnect and let's set that sex thing aside um, because right now you just feel very turned off and pressured to do it with a guy that you really don't want to do it with. And that's what she's talking about. And then people find that that works Ooh. quite a I lot. Think so. I think Cyrus. people I lie, like Cyrus. People is, lie. Yeah. So nobody yeah. wants to say. Is it like this say. forever? Is it going to like, I don't I'm know. I'm sure is it, it won't be. I'm sure it won't be. But I think, you know, the fact that you're talking about it, A, you're obviously concerned because you know it's not what you and your husband would normally be like together. So you're clearly concerned about it, which means you care. Because I think if you didn't care, it wouldn't yeah. bother you, would it? You just think, well, I don't really care what he thinks. But you do. And I'm sure, you know, because your children are still very young, mm. You know, so I'm sure you'll get you get your mojo back, mm. but I think you have to maybe address it but, and put and some. Yeah, but you don't you think as on, well? Sorry. sorry, don't you think as well that we all, and I think <clears> we're <throat> probably all guilty of this, when you get married and you have your kids and a few years have gone by, you do get into that rut as well mm. of not consciously actually making the effort yeah. as much anymore because of their going, mm. <laughs> all the women are <laughs> <laughs> eating in the same restaurant every night. Yeah, yeah. 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 but remember, but it's, you know, you said you cut. Did you hear that? Uh, the woman on the on the right there, for guys that are watching on YouTube, said, huh, same restaurant every night. Um, yeah, being that kind of surprises a lot of men to hear that uh, within the confines of a monogamous relationship, a lot of women just get flat out turned off. Um, there, There is a subset of people out there who have come up with a solution to this, which they call polyamory which they call swinging or whatever, which is uh, bringing other sexual people into the relationship. And they've recognized that, oh, wow, my wife sure has uh, reignited her sexuality when it comes to this, when it comes to our relationship after introducing others into the equation. Look at this. How interesting. Yeah, I got my wife back. Um, but we know how that turns out for many people. I'm sure somebody out, out there is able to navigate that world long term and make it work and yeah, whatever. Good for them. But um I talk to the guys a lot that, that doesn't work out for them. And what happens uh, quite often is uh, the woman will pair bond or form a, form a bond or a relationship with another, and away they go. And then your relationship is over. Um, so that's kind of what uh, the woman on the right there is hinting at, is hey, eat at the same restaurant every day. We all know how that turns us off, right, ladies? Um, this is tough. And you saw how the uh, the main uh, chick there um Sarah, was that her name? Yeah, Sarah Khan, who um, uh, seems to be the youngest of the group. Sounds like she's in her 40s, and they talked about you have young children. Um, so that's tough for a woman in her 40s. Um, she's got a lot working against her, and uh, that combined with a monogamous relationship, that combined with the guy who she's lost respect for, and uh, this is a pretty potent cocktail of stuff to turn a woman off. I was interested. You said you cuddle, yeah. which is good, because normally when people stop, you know, or lose their sex drive, they lose the intimacy as yeah. well, yeah. which women oh, no. like. Yeah, yeah. But also you quite often equate sex with love. To me, it's all 
all mixed up together. You know, so if somebody doesn't want to make love to you, then you start questioning, yeah. does he love me? Does he still love me? Does she still love me? Definitely. So the two go together, don't they? But what they? about the ladies in the audience? Is this something that you can relate to? Or am I the only one? There's a few... She seems overly concerned with what does everybody else think? Um, that's very irritating to men. It's very irritating to me. But I've often, and I've, I pointed out in the dead bedroom fix, it's something that you need to come to terms with men is that uh, your woman's uh, feelings towards a lot of stuff regarding your relationship, um, she uses the uh, opinions of her social group or the experiences of her social group as kind of a barometer for how she should feel about your relationship and how she should feel about you. Um, I've often um, talked about the very annoying habit my ex had of seemingly not showing me respect for a myriad of different circumstances until her friend Sally said, my husband said that your husband, DSO, it's not my name, by the way, um, is a really good guy and he's a really hard worker. And he saw him working really hard on this project the other day at the office and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was saying just what a cool guy your husband is. And then my ex would hear that and then be all over me and give me hugs and kisses and saying, I have such a great man. And I'm sitting back going, this is great, but don't you, can't you see that for yourself? Why did you have to have Sally talk about what her husband said about me? Why do you have to hear it in the third person to form an opinion? And I've realized over the years that that's kind of a very female-y thing. What does my social group think here? And that's, this is what this host here is doing. Sarah is saying, uh, hey, social group, please, am I legitimate in my feelings here? Am I a bad person for feeling this? Please absolve me of, of feeling guilt and uh, make me feel like I'm, I'm part of the club here. Nodding heads there. They're going, yes, yes, that's me. I think, yes. I think when you said, oh, you know, or Colleen just said, we just get out of the habit of making the effort. Yeah. A lot of women went, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're all a bit guilty of that because, you know, it's... it's so sometimes get you know, used if you to don't, each other. If you... It's an effort. In the vast majority of relationships... When that spark is gone, when that domesticity hits, it's going to take effort on both parts. And uh, the men kind of have to lead in that regard. And the women have to uh, submit, so to speak. So to speak, uh, They have to um, let their guard down. And yes, recognize, I need to put a little bit of effort to uh, get the engine going. That's what they're saying. And if uh, for some women, though, they just kind of throw their hands up and say, effort, schmeffert, I, I, why should I do this? And I think that's where Sarah's at right now. Really not in the mood. Sometimes it only takes 20 seconds for you to be in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's over in 20 seconds, so... <laughs> oh, fun. It just takes 20 seconds to get in the mood. 20 seconds, excuse me, to get in the mood. Sarah's probably thinking, uh, no, no not, not really. I've tried. It ain't happening. And then, of course, the old joke of wham, bam, thank you, man. Get, you know, getting it done in 20 seconds. Ha, ha. Uh, hey, let's be honest. That's true for a lot of guys. I feel very kind of embarrassed that I'm talking about no, my life no, like this, but I just feel like it's something that if I can share, hopefully other women out there yeah. can, and that you feel that it's not an abnormal thing. It's part Another of life. Yeah. 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 For more Loose Women action, click here. <laughs> For more Loose Women action. All right, well, that's uh, video one. Now we're going off on, on video two, which is a bookend to this uh, conversation. Sarah Khan's husband speaks out about her open relationship comments. Um, they bring the husband into the studio to say, what do you think about your wife and her comments about why don't you go get another woman? 
I thought uh, when I saw that, oh, cool. Uh, I'm glad to see this. I'm curious to see what the guy has to say and see what kind of dude he is. This must feel incredibly strange for you. You're, you're not in the public eye. You're, you're not a TV personality. You're a regular bloke and suddenly you're on national television <laughs> talking about your sex life. So fair play to you it's for agreeing to come on yeah. the show today. Um, this whole thing is very weird. Um, this guy's wife on national slash international television internet said uh i don't want to have sex with my husband anymore and in fact i told him go get it elsewhere does that make me weird and uh instead of dropping it there they actually brought the poor bastard on television to talk about it uh, like it's some momentous uh you know international political discourse here this <laughs> it's nothing I, I don't know. It's just very strange to me. Well, well, start with the basics. How how did you feel when Sarah first said to you that you could sleep with someone else when you had that conversation? To be honest, I was I was pretty devastated. Mm. For her, really, that to think that she would even think that she needed to say something like that to me. Um, hmm. How to dissect this? So this guy is saying, I feel bad for her my wife, for thinking that she had to say something like that to me. Um, kind of a wussified way of looking at this, isn't it? Um, I think a more visceral, honest response would be, um, I, I feel bad because uh, I thought I had a connection with my wife that obviously I don't have, and she's so disconnected from me that she told me to go get my jollies elsewhere. That sucks. Because it's something that I would I would never contemplate doing, I never think about doing, and you know, the this is a um, uh, uh, very providery, wussified, whipped man statement. Which to a lot of men um, in the same mindset, the knee-jerk thought is, well, what a good, wholesome, um, uh, what's the term, devoted husband this is. Even though you told me, wife, go get it elsewhere, I say no to that. In fact, I will take it a step further. I have never even fantasized about such a thing. That kind of thought has not, never even crossed my mind, sex with others. Are you kidding me? Well, the guy's lying. How do I know? Because he's a dude. And more generally, he's a human being. You're trying to tell me that this man who has been without sex from his partner for so many days, weeks, months, whatever it is, has not had the fleeting thought in his mind of lying down with another person. Of course he has. Guys, there's a multi-billion dollar industry called pornography that preys upon this very natural, normal um, desire, um, inkling, uh, uh, characteristic of the man. There's. Do you know what the world's oldest profession is? You've heard that term? Prostitution. Why? The market has responded to an overwhelming need on men's part for sexual intimacy. And um, so much so that they will pay for it. And I've often joked around about you can go to any bad part of town, park your car, and uh, some woman's going to come up and knock on your window and ask if you want a date for 20 bucks or whatever it is. That's just the market recognizing this. But this guy is doing the very um, chicken shit thing. Of, oh, no, no, no. It's you and it's only you. And even in the realm of my mind, it's only you. Oh, God. Please. You can hear the, the, the respect go right out the window for this man. And I can see why. He's um, 
He is uh, throwing his very natural, normal desires out the window to appease his woman. That's a very sad state to be in. And I've even called it out in my book, The Dead Bedroom Fix, is one of the five mistakes. Pretending that no other females in the world exist is a no-no. It sounds stupid and it sounds misogynistic and it sounds mean on my part to say that, but it's natural and to say otherwise is unnatural and dishonest. And dishonesty allows you to inch towards the world of creepy. And if you are creepy, you are repulsive. And if you're repulsive, she ain't going to fuck you. That's, I think, in part what we're seeing here. This guy is falling all over himself on national television to say, no, 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 I would never, ever in a million years do that. And it really hurt me that she would even suggest such a thing. This little over-the-top puritanical point of view. And uh, guys like me are just sitting back smirking going, dude, just stop. idea for me of you know what people talk about as an open relationship is, well, that's just not for me. It's just nonsense. Yeah. So I felt really... I felt really troubled, I felt heartbroken that, um, that she'd got to such a point, really, such a low point, that, um, that she felt the need to say something like that. Did, did you feel that after, what, 11 um, it, It's, In other words, it's very hurtful to hear from her that she took the, the, the last step to actually push me away. You know, when you're, um, all this behavior that Sarah was talking about with, uh, he could say, you look very pretty today, I gotta go. Um, 6 p.m. rolls around. Oh, boy, I'm tired. Uh, you are, in essence, pushing your partner away. Get away from me. Get away from me. Get away from me. You're slowly but surely building the, you know, the Lego castle of divorce, of separation. And uh, she just basically put the last piece of the uh, castle together. And it's hurtful as your partner to see that. That's what he saw. Years of marriage together that she obviously didn't know you if she thought that you were capable of that or do, do you think that she felt she was being generous to you i think i probably a little bit a little bit of both yeah. to be honest with you uh, and, and i and i think uh it, it was really heartbreaking to, to to think all the things that we've been through so you know i think like many marriages you you, know, you you start off and everyone has troubles and difficulties so we both started businesses the year after we got married we went through infertility uh, we adopted we've had you know lots of and it was of course it was challenging me as a as a white bloke from from london marrying a, a muslim girl that in itself yeah. was a challenge mm -hmm. right from the beginning so we've been through a lot and I, I kind of would have hoped her that she'd actually thought well you know what we're we're in the situation at the moment and uh that Steve will be patient. Steve will, Steve will yeah. come around to it. I, I don't. That, uh, he's looking at it as a dude who he has put himself in this. Uh, um, oh, I'm trying to how best to say this. He, he has kind of painted himself in this saintly way of, I am able to sit back and wait patiently for my wife to finally wake up and become attracted, sexually attracted to me. Um, I am, I'm hurt that she doesn't recognize that patience in me. She recognizes the patients. She doesn't care. Um, there's nothing within her biological makeup that is that says um, husband is kind, caring, devoted, and is willing to wait. Oh, that activates my sexual energy. That that mechanism doesn't exist in human beings. Um, the sexual drive, that visceral must have sex with this man thing, is a very primal, basic thing based upon different levels of attraction and no, none of those levels of attraction are defined as my husband is very patient when it comes to not having sex that's not attractive that's not sexual that's not visceral 
that's if anything unattractive um you know going back to the uh um his uh, his assertion earlier of the, the being with other women doesn't even ever occur to me i'm trying to think of a uh, an instance here recently where my wife was talking about her friend we'll call her kim kim is a as an attractive younger uh, asian american gal and who's having all kinds of men problems and we were talking about how she seems to have this kim seems to have settled for a um, not so attractive providery, nothing really sexy about him kind of guy, but she's ready to settle down and make some babies. So she has settled for the guy and we were just going on and on about it. And she said something, my wife said something about, it, and she's still such a pretty young thing. And I agreed and said, yeah, she is. And my wife paused. And then she said, um, would you have sex with Kim? And I just said, yeah. And my wife just laughed and said, wow. And I said, yeah, well you asked. And that was the end of it. Um, that's honest. That's, you can frame that from her as a bit of a test, um, that this guy is, is, um, you know, being asked, are, are you willing to be a, a very real man in this realm and, and show me that you have options in life and show me that you're being true to yourself and so forth. And he's just uh, failing left and right. No, there's no other woman. It hurts me that you could, that you don't think I'm patient and I'm able to wait it out and, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I'm, I'm, in a roundabout way, what he's saying is, is that I am upset that you would think that I'm a visceral sexual man. I'm more than that, which is ironically, um, that visceral sexual man's probably what she's looking for. I think she need. I don't think that she needed to say that. Yeah, and, uh, you must have known for quite a long time, obviously, how she felt, and you felt the same in a way. Did, did you never speak to her about it and say, we have to talk about this? We talked, and often, to, to be fair, as a typical bloke, you know, it's often the, the woman that's initiating those sorts yeah. of conversations. Yeah. So, yeah, and so I, I'm not the one to instigate it, really. And yeah. I think, as well, there's a little bit of denial, and you kind of get as a... As a that's unusual. Um, from my personal experience, the guys that I speak to are very much the talkers in this. They will often talk until they're blue in the face about, um, sweetheart, this isn't normal that we're not having sex. This is, isn't me. What's going on? Do you not love me anymore? You're supposed to put in work. Why don't you even try, et cetera, et cetera. That from the men I speak to and that are part of the group, that's the predominant theme. Um, so for him to say it's often the woman that brings it up, not men. Men bottle it up and don't like to talk about these things. That's not what I've seen personally, but it sounds like in his case. Um, but uh, it, it also, he's kind of insinuating that Sarah's the one to bring up this topic of this is bad that we're not having sex. I, I doubt it. In fact, it sounds like as soon as the sexuality even, you know, it, came into the picture in any way shape or form in the term in the like when he said hey you look pretty today she shut that down immediately as a man you get into a situation where you're thinking well it will come around it will come around it will, mm. it will change and and, 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 and the point is is that she's had a real loss of libido which happens for an yeah. awful lot of women well and for men this isn't about her not wanting to sleep with you it's yeah. just no sex drive at that time mm. bullshit how do you how are you managing with that? Because I think there's a lot of couples that are going through this. What do you... 
Well, and it's, it's, she's still very, very close. Yeah, massively close, and we've yeah. got a really good. I think we've got a, a really good marriage and a, a great family. Yeah. So you know, it's not because we're made to believe you can't have a good marriage unless you have a great thing. sex I mean, it's life. It's all this thing about oh my yeah. god, how can any man survive without sex? And actually, yeah. I think that's what's the great thing about this. I know this must be tough for you, Steve, but yeah. in terms of making a conversation happen now, we we get locked into this thing. No bloke can possibly be in a relationship without sex. Whereas actually, well, maybe. You <laughs> maybe maybe if you're steve you can go without sex huh ladies isn't he a catch no no, no he's not oh you're accepting that you go through stages and yeah. and it was not the worst thing there's an ebb and flow I mean, in there is, and i've had that kind of i've had i mean i'm amazed by some of the reactions i mean obviously it's been the hard. i mean the hardest thing for me has been the the, the just facing the press reaction the way that way that it was twisted and very yeah. quickly turned into suddenly I'm splashed on the front page of papers yeah. and and the presumption was or the insinuation was that I was in this open relation environment and it's yeah. complete nonsense I would never ever contemplate being in that sort of relationship wow so this apparently blew up over there in the UK I don't know guys in the UK have you heard about this before I, I checked the date on this and it looked like this happened like five six years ago so I'm a little late to the show here apparently but um Apparently this was a big thing. A woman on this uh, Loose Women show says, I don't want sex with my husband. I told him to go elsewhere. And this goes all over the papers. Apparently this is a big thing. Who knew? My about you though is that because I was in the same situation with my ex-husband because I had a baby, I'd lost a libido, I couldn't bear and I, I couldn't bear him to touch me even in the end. And he got angry and angry and angry. And I said to him, well then go out and have sex with somebody else. He did. What I admire about you is... <laughs> Good for him um you pushed him away you pushed him away don't even touch me i want nothing to do with you go fuck other women and he said all right and he did i'm curious how that relationship ended um it may come as a surprise especially to some of your more provider type of men um uh, women in relationships that's it's uh, you know i kind of framed it as it's kind of a test let's see what you're made of mr man go get some uh, it's funny that uh, when it comes to infidelity, uh, male infidelity, the, the man running off and having sex with others, it's interesting that if you were to ask the question to women, okay, uh, your man went out and got some one night stand, he was on a business trip, met some chick at a bar, they did it one night, they have never spoken since, it's over, done, versus uh, uh, he's in a relationship with a woman who he's never touched, but they speak every day, multiple times a day over text message. They, uh, they, maybe they meet for lunch every now and then at work. They're talking on the phone. They've obviously formed a very close emotional, close intimate friendship, but it's never really crossed the line at all into sexual anything. It's interesting how the majority of women polled in such thing will, will, feel way stronger about that emotional connection than that one-time sexual thing. And to a lot of women, when they hear about that one-time sexual thing, and this is the real mindfuck for a lot of men, that will actually get their engine going a little bit. I am not uh, in any way um, saying that you should run out and have uh, relations with other women. Personally, I think if you're going to go do that, then you might as well file for a divorce first because what the hell's the use for the marriage in the first place? But um, it, it shows just the very visceral and um, animalistic nature of, of human beings. Um, 
for this, it's ironic that if this guy had said, all right, cool, um, I'm going to head out next Friday, don't wait up for me, he, uh, the chances are of, of his wife saying, now hold on a second, who's this guy? Just It goes up exponentially. And uh, versus, oh, no, 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 I'll wait for you and only you. If it takes 10 years, it takes 10 years, that's fine. To this guy, it sounds like an honorable thing. To his wife's sexual desire, it means, oh, God, not more of this horseshit. You stuck there. You said, no, that's not what this relationship yeah. is about. But all relationships are different. Can I ask you, Steve, you, you talk about the press reaction, but what about people closer to home? How have your friends yeah, been? Your friends they, they were very quick, <laughs> to be <laughs> They were very quick, and my, my close friends have been absolutely fantastic. You know, most of the lads that I know were really quick to, yeah. to take the mickey. Oh. I mean, really quick. <laughs> Did that um, help? Yeah. I'm not sure what that means. Take the Mickey. I need to look that up later. Oh, you, you Brits and your little colloquialisms. It did. Yeah. It did. You know, I, I won't say some of the images that I got sent through yeah. on my phone very yeah. quickly, Sense but they were, they were they were hilarious. Okay, for those uh, listening on the podcast, the wife Sarah just came into the frame. She's been absent this whole time. It's just been him and uh, different women. Apparently, this loose women show—they go through different women on the panel because this is a whole new group this time compared to last time. But here comes Sarah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> for putting you in this position. I feel so sorry oh. for putting you in this position and I didn't mean to, really, really did not mean to do it, but it's just really overwhelming. You know what's so lovely? It's oh just watching the, the, the two of you. You're just a normal couple. Yeah. At I, the end of the day, yeah. you are just... And do you oh know what I think both of you need to do? Cry, is to maybe, really made me maybe do what Nadia did the other, the other week. Go and have a cheeky little lunch and a bottle of wine and maybe book into <laughs> in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> So this woman's just saying, you two just need to get away. Go get a bottle of wine and, and uh, Sarah there, if you can hear under the applause, just keep saying, can we go to the Maldives? Can we go to the Maldives? For those that don't know Maldives, and it's an extremely expensive getaway. <laughs> Very pretty, but of course she picks like the most pricey place she can go to. <laughs> um, and I have a feeling that that won't help a thing. Yesterday. I won't say the guy, but somebody who was very quick to judge and said, oh, clearly there is a real problem at the yeah. root of this yeah. marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still reacting that. And seeing you now, you two are pretty solid we, together. I, I mean, we've, got a, we've got a really strong relationship. Yeah. I adore her. She's fantastic. You know, she's my best friend. You know, there's nothing. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Happening to our, our relationship <laughs> at I, all. Can I tell you, that, that, I mean, just on a sort of a light note, but my um, my mum's in Kashmir at the moment, and this news has gone worldwide. <laughs> Kashmir is the remotest part in the world, and I got a phone call, and I I had I had Saira. I said, yes, yeah. she said, you're talking about sex on TV? <laughs> You're talking about sex on TV? And I went, no, Mom, I'm talking about I don't have sex on TV. <laughs> and then she went, good. <laughs> it's, all right, that's kind of funny. But um, interesting, isn't it? The, the narrative of uh, sex bad, sex bad, sex taboo. We don't talk about sex. And then, no, Mom, I'm talking about not having sex. Oh, okay, good. Um, you don't think that has some kind of uh, influence upon Sarah in particular, women in general, when it comes to once you enter into that world of domesticity and marriage uh, with Mr. Safety, this is, uh, it's okay to not have sex. That's just the kind of general um, 
feminine theme here is one of it's okay. Um, to which I say, uh, no, it's not okay. And uh, Mr. Uh, bald do there, as a fellow bald man, um, needs to grow a pair, basically. And the next time your woman says, go out and get some, you just look her in the eye and say, you do realize what you're saying, right? Because that could definitely happen tomorrow. And you're saying you're cool with that, right? That's the genuine attractive reaction as opposed to, uh, oh, no, dear, that will never happen. I can wait another 20 years. I'm cool. I love you and only you. Um, just You're just going to get more of the same, dude. Well, you know, can we just say whether, whether you are or you aren't now is entirely up to you. It's nobody else's business now. And thank you yeah. so much, Steve, thank for, for coming on. Thank, thank you. And that's the end of it, folks. So there you go. This uh, this whole dead bedroom lover provider thing, um, it's not unique to me in my writing. Obviously, this is an international thing, and it's been going on since the beginning of time. Um, marriages are not easy, necessarily. Um, they can be, quote, easy in terms of if you want to live a very blah, domestic, uh, predictable, boring kind of relationship, if you will. But if you want to kick things up a notch and have a fun, sexy, uh, we stay connected kind of relationship that, let's be honest, 99% of men want, that's going to take some work and it's going to take some know-how and it's going to take some skill. And the fact that you want to do that within the confines of a marriage with kids, you've just ramped up the difficulty tenfold, hundredfold, a millionfold. It's that tough. Um, and by virtue of the fact that I've sold so many of my books, and our fraternity membership and everything is is illustrative of that. Uh, this shit ain't easy, and it can go squirrely in a hurry, and it can go down uh, some pretty nasty uh, places, such as your wife on national TV saying, I don't want to fuck my husband. In fact, I told him to go get it elsewhere, and uh, he said, no, isn't he awesome? Ugh. Anyway, uh, thus ends another DSO Reacts video slash podcast. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. What would you do in this uh, husband's position? What do you think of the wife? What do you think of the panel there? And the overall reaction, apparently, to depressed to such a thing, uh, treating it as if it's just this major news story. I'm kind of surprised by that. But uh, anywho, guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And you have a wonderful day. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, 
a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.